Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. I'm my own guest today and I'm actually going to be talking about spiritual freedom and what spiritual freedom is, I will discuss. But first, I want to actually wish Doris Seif uh, her a very, very happy 100th birthday, which was last year, and I wasn't here last year. I had a podcast on, so I couldn't uh, actually wish her a happy 100th then, but I do now. And she is such a true example of what... Spiritual freedom is. Spiritual freedom is to become. Now, Dora, everyone wants to be part of her, to share in her positive energy. And she's, I really do wish you a very happy 100th birthday, Dora. And I would love you to come on my program. So let me look now at spiritual freedom. And the spiritual freedom is actually the ability to live according to our better selves. It's to live with compassion, with love, with empathy, and to delve into our own wisdom. Viktor Frankl talks about three types of freedom. Freedom from, freedom to, and freedom to be. So freedom from is constraints of society. Well, we very seldom are free from that. Freedom to is to do what we choose to do. And freedom to be is not just to choose how we react to something, but to be free to become the best version of ourselves. And lately I've been thinking that each age really does demand that we have the choice to how we rise to actually fulfill our full potential in the age that we're at. And it is the stage where we have the choice to bemoan our stage, our state of life, and to become bitter or to become better. I must admit, I am incredibly privileged to have spent most of my life's work in the caring professions, and I have seen how people have risen to their spiritual freedom, to be the best version of themselves. And it has moved me incredibly. I've had unbelievable role models in my brother and my father. And unfortunately, they are no longer here. But I bless their memories because of what they told me about how their freedom to become was so strong in, in both of them. You know, there's a beautiful song, Be a Light, by Thomas Rhett. And he says, in a time full of war, be peace. In a time of doubt, just believe. In a world full of hate, be a light. Don't hide in the dark. You were born to shine. It's hard to live in color when you just see black and white. So there's our choice, to live in a world we have for the, just to believe and I will go back to that shortly this is Finding Human with Sue Jackson 
only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson on 101.9 High FM on the Finding Human program. And if you would like to contact me, please do so on 34519 or telegram on 061 8951019. Today I'm talking about spiritual freedom, the freedom to become the best version of ourselves. I saw a, a, a headline the other day and it said <clears throat> the, the world is at war with itself. And I think this, when we actually look at that, it's incredibly scary. And today when I was listening to the news, that uh, was the, talking about the Russian invasion of U, U, Ukraine and of a little baby who had been killed. And, of course, the dozens and dozens of people killed. The anti-government protests in Tel Aviv, uh, the uncertainty in Pakistan, Hawaii wildfires and all those terrible losses there. The migrants drown off Tunisian uh, coast. Well, I could go on and on and on. The one thing that actually struck me as quite Unbelievable. I thought, is it really true that, that uh, it was British fighter jets intercept Russian bomber near Scotland? Well, I thought, I actually cannot believe that. But so what do we do with this unbelievable world that is at war with itself at the moment? And Ralph Waldo Emerson said, what lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies inside of you. So how are we going to face the challenges of what we, of the world actually is at the moment? Are we going to join the masses who are, are saying, uh, this, it's terrible, the world, world is falling apart? Um, or are we going to be the light? Not, when I say the light, I don't mean to become uh, Molly, uh, Pollyanna. I really don't. But it is that defiant power of the human spirit that was so evident in survivors of great, great tragedy, especially in, in the Holocaust. That's that spirit that we can tap into. And that is where our spiritual freedom comes in. Because according to Frankel, the body and the mind are what we have and the spirit is what we are. And he t- talks about uh, dimensional ontology and that the lowest dimension is the body. The next is the mind and the highest is the spirit or the noose which is our untouchable core. And it's that that we've got to nurture, that that we have to actually celebrate. And however we decide to react, we have to stop, breathe, and think about it. Now, right at the moment, there is also collective trauma, collective um, hardship, in, in life, and uh, John Paul Sartre said that man is actually doomed to be free because once he's thrown into this world, he's responsible for everything he does. Now, that's a huge order. I also don't like the way he says thrown into this world. I like to think sometimes we come in quite gently, not always. But are you going to be hearing a short YouTube a bit later that Frankel will be telling us how to actually find meaning in our lives. But if we look at collective trauma, and we've been through the pandemic, the pandemic seems to be going on and on. If it's not actually COVID, it is what we have 
facing throughout the world at the moment, all the wars everywhere, the destruction of, of the planet, the world at war with itself, as it said. And we have to look at what are we doing about it? How are we engaging with other people? There's something called com comparative suffering. Now, comparative suffering is actually very interesting because it's it's seeing our own suffering in light of others' pain and believing and even trying to prove that we have what we have gone through is far worse than what the other person's gone through. In other words, we're not listening to a thing the other person is saying because we're waiting to jump in with our own story of pain, of illness, of heartbreak, of loss, of aging, of loneliness, whatever it is that we feel that our suffering is worse than someone else's. Now, there is nothing worse than meeting some, someone who asks you how you are. And I was listening to someone the other day who was telling me that she'd had a really bad operation. And the person had asked her how she was, and she mentioned how she was, but she said she could see she was not being heard because the person then promptly began to tell her about a friend of hers who had had the same operation and it was far, far worse than what she was listening to now. Now, that is just to cut someone off mid-sentence and people to say, right, I'm not going to share my story with you. We've actually got to be very careful who we do share our stories with because sometimes the stories are taken they're twisted, and they become the other person's. We've got to hold on to our own stories and choose who we choose to share them with. Now, there's also fear, collective fear, collective anxiety, and collective anger. In South Africa at the moment, there is very definitely all of those around, and those are contagious. How do we combat, combat that? It's to recognize that we're falling into that trap. We're falling into the trap of collective fear, of anxiety, and of anger. And the other day, I saw, was watching a TikTok, and the opposite of collective fear, anxiety, and anger is laughter. It's even shared tears sometimes, but it's not shared in a, in a dramatic kind of way. It's in a, a, a meaningful way. It's in saying, I hear you and I'm here beside you. The other day I was listening, I, I picked up a TikTok, a little TikTok thing. I quite enjoy funny little TikToks from time to time. And there was a baby laughing. The mother had her dummy in her mouth and was pulling the dummy out. And as she did so, the baby went hysterical laughing. Eventually this little baby had to catch its breath, it was laughing so much, and then it cried because it got a bit of a fright at trying to catch its breath. Now, that is something that happens to us too. Tears and laughter can so often be intermingled, and uh, we can laugh and then suddenly cry and surprise ourselves. But laughter is really the food of the gods. Um, when we... When we look at what our purpose is in life, it's something that is normally, uh, 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 it's reaching out to something beyond ourselves. And in doing so, 
we've become more involved, and we then start giving of ourselves the best of ourselves, not to the point of exhaustion, but actually just to the point of feeling that you're fulfilling your why, your purpose in life. And there was a, I saw this by Eckhart Tolle, this um, accept then act, and I'll get back to that. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. Today I'm talking about my topic is spiritual freedom, and we're about to listen to a short YouTube by Viktor Frankl on finding meaning. Now you've listed three types of values, creative values, experiential values, and attitudinal values. And you may find a meaning, the average man, the man on the street or the woman on the street may find a meaning <clears throat> day by day in doing a deed, in creating a work. And That's the creative. Creative. And in experiencing something, the beauty, the truth as a researcher, or uh, the, the good in dealing with people as a teacher or whatsoever. There's an extraordinary moment in... Um, <clears throat> Man's Search for Meaning, where you talk about being in one of, the, one of the Nazi camps and all of you going out to look at a sunset. Is that Exactly. This is a paradigm of experiential values, of finding a meaning in experiencing without doing anything, without achieving or accomplishing anything, but just in giving oneself to the immediate experience of something, go, say, beautiful going on in the world. Okay. This is the second avenue, but there is also a, um, a, 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 another aspect <coughs> of experiential values. <coughs> Excuse me. Not only <coughs> experiencing something, but also experiencing someone. More than that, experiencing another human being in his or her very uniqueness. And it is the main attribute of a human being that he is a person in contrast to any animal. He is a person, and a person is always something absolutely unique, irrepeatable in the uh, evolution of the cosmos, as it were, incomparable with any other human being. And this uniqueness can be get, got hold of solely by a loving person, because he not only sees the essence but also the potentials in the beloved person, thereby, as I put it before, promoting him, alleviating it to reach out to attain this potential and to fulfill and thereby actualize also himself, but not by preaching self-actualization. It's nonsense. Self-actualization can only fall into your lap automatically once that you have fulfilled a concrete meaning, done the best of a situation. Then you actualize yourself as a byproduct. Let's talk about the third set of values, which is the uh, attitudinal, the idea of uh, choosing how to respond to suffering. Choosing the attitude. Yes. Yeah. If there is no possibility in a given situation to uh, fulfill the meaning of a situation by uh, giving oneself to the experience of beauty and so forth. Nor to, uh, if you have lost the capability to do your job, to do your work, uh, 
even then there is an ultimate possibility to find and fulfill meaning, fulfill meaning. Not only the ultimate, it is even the potential to fulfill the deepest meaning, to attain the highest values. By the, your approach to the, given, to the situation, a tragic or triste situation confronting you. You said that um, uh, in part of the initial shock of being put in a death camp was, there, was, ex was ultimately an acceptance that we knew we, we knew we had nothing to lose except our ridiculously naked lives. Is that the situation that they're in? In a it, way. Is this, when you, is this when you make the choice of how you're going to your last value choice is how to react to the situation. You stand there, you stood there naked with nothing you could have had. But all the more what counted and mattered was what you were being rather than having, possessing anything or, or uh, the, the being. So it, what counted was what you make out of the situation. With what attitude you adopt in the given situation. And there is a multitude, a wealth of possible attitudes to how to approach it. So we have to decide. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. If you'd like to contact me, please do so on 34519 or Telegram on 061-895-1019. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. Before we went to Viktor Frankl, I was about to read something that uh, Eckhart Tolle had said. He said, accept, then act. Whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you had chosen it. Always work with it, not against it. Make it your friend and ally, not your enemy. This will miraculously transform your whole life. Now, while I really do agree with that, what, what Eckhart Tolle said, what Viktor Frankl said came from that huge laboratory of suffering, which was the Holocaust and the concentration camps. And he said the body and mind of all are what we have, and the spirit is what we are. And as I said to you just now, I read that just now to you and told you about it, and he spoke about the, our being body, mind, and spirit. And he, with what you've just heard, was how he was talking about different avenues to meaning. Now, those are, we, we have them anyway. Um, what he what in his attitudinal ones, when he was actually questioned about it, of course, gratitude comes in there as well. And gratitude can help you cope with, with, with so much. I have seen people who have gone through huge loss who have still felt unbelievably grateful for the compassion of their friends, of their relatives, their loved ones. Of sometimes even strangers. It's that gratitude that sometimes gets us through. And I wanted to go back to humor for a moment. 
You know, my mom and dad, my mother told the story always that during the, the Second World War, um, she was in London. It was the bombing raids were on every single night. My father, who was in bomber command, was was on leave for a few days. And my uncle, who was a, in the the Royal Navy, he was a ship specialist. They they were on he was also on leave. And my mom and her sister, who was married to the, the Navy officer specialist, where they were going out one night for dinner when suddenly a, a, the alarm went off in an area quite close to them, my dad and my uncle reacted immediately and threw their wives literally into a, a, like the side of the road and laid on top of them to try and protect them. It was an instinctive thing to do. Well, as the raid ended, my mother and her sister could not get up. They were laughing so much. They laughed and laughed and laughed until they cried with laughter. And all the time their husbands were saying, it's sick humor. That's, there was nothing funny about it. We, you could have been killed. What's the matter with you? And then they noticed actually what was the matter with these two women. They were sopping wet, being London. You know, how often it used to rain there. Um, it, the ditch was full of water and their husbands had thrown them straight into this ditch and then jumped on top of them to protect them, not realizing that they were in this huge puddle of water. So I often think that there they were facing this unbelievable question of life. And and yet they were able to, to laugh through it. Eventually, I must admit, that my father, when he did recount it, uh, you know, years and years and years later, he did actually laugh about it. But uh, often the question in unavoidable suffering is why? And it's it's in that uncertainty. And I think the the pandemic really did throw us into that unbelievable area of a collective trauma and um, a trauma, a collective trauma, as I, I, I remember reading somewhere about a stone being thrown into a, a pond and how the disturbance is most pronounced at the center where you've thrown the stone. So where the stone has reached from there, you get this ripple effect of this rings of, of, of the water getting bigger and bigger and bigger, broader and broader, um, until eventually it, it fades away or it goes to the side. Now, that is very similar to what tra collective trauma has done to us as, as a, as humanity. It has shown us that we can't, we certainly cannot always feel that we're in control of everything. We aren't. And even though the, the surface sometimes might seem tranquil, we, we sometimes have this collective fear. But we've got to be very care careful not to get in touch with that collective fear. And if you're one of the people that knows that when you go and do a school lift or you go and do shopping, you meet someone and they're going to start telling you the woes of the world, please step back. Get away from them, say it's nice to see you, goodbye. We have the human capacity to question and to reflect and actually to say, what now? What is expected of me now? And we are never, ever free of hardships. 
you know, just as you think you are, you just have to turn on the news. I have now made the decision that um, I'm not going to listen to, watch the news all the time, because which I do do. My cousin and I were talking about this the other day, and both of us are, are news freaks. We we tune into everything going, and uh, uh, it's it's not healthy. It really isn't. It's time to start laughing instead. And um, we, any man can decide what he wants to become, as Viktor Frankl said, and mentally and spiritually. Um, the, the being human actually means that we have to respond to the unique challenges and tasks that are set for us. And your tasks are not my tasks. So please don't compare what I'm going through to what you're going through. Don't compare what you're feeling to someone else when they are actually, all they're wanting is for you to listen to them for a moment. I've often said on this program that so often we meet people with our wounds. Now, everyone is carrying wounds from somewhere, but it's not fair to meet people with with your wounds. How much better it is to meet people with a smile, that they leave you feeling uplifted, not pulled down into the depths of despair. And this is part of of this human, our human capacity to decide what do we want to be and to live a meaningful life. With this holistic approach to life almost. It's which, um, it's this will to meaning, to finding meaning. Why are we here? It's that universal call that, um, as that I've also said before, Adam, where are you? Right now, as the world is really in chaos, and certainly South Africa is facing huge hardships, we can answer that call. And we can say, here I am. What is it that I should be doing? Or we can step back and let other people do it and perhaps push us into even further problems. This meaningful life demands a lot from us. And the, our perspective is through the narrative that we create for ourselves. We can view life, life as an out-of-control volcano. And when I think of volcano, I'm just thinking about Mount Etna that has just uh, erupted. I mean, that, that's, that's really unbelievable. But we can view life as this volcano that is about to erupt. And we can turn away from it and run. But in doing that, we turn away from each other in fear. Our freedom of our inner core is our spiritual freedom. And this, we have to remember, is healthy. We need our human connections. And we also need to find joy, to connect with other people, to connect with music. As Viktor Frankl was talking about, the experiential things of life, the the beautiful sunrises, the sunsets, um, all of that. Now, I'm not sounding like Pollyanna, but I am saying because things are feeling out of control. And I've had a lot of people lately asking me what I think about it and would I talk about it. And um, and I said yes. And someone asked me the other day to please mention the tragic triad again. And the tra- 
Church create is what Viktor Frankl calls the death, the suffering, and the guilt. This this is part of life, and and what so how can we become optimistic in this tragic triad? And it is what what we are how to look at life, to recognize that we are accountable for our lives, and also to make life a precious opportunity to say what is being asked of me now. Just hang on. Um, Craig is just sending a message through. Um, Sharon saying, thank you, Sue. I love your show. Thank you so much, Sharon. Judy Moritz. <laughs> Hi, Jude. Uh, um, you're Sue Jackson, your magic. Thank you, Jude. I love talking to you yesterday. Um, and I'm going to say something about Judy in a moment, but Karen Oshry says, um, oh no, that, okay. So thank you so much. Going back to Judy. Judy is actually a person that you want to be around because she emanates this unbelievable positive energy. So last Wednesday, it was Women's Day and it was a charity, um, um, breakfast at Judy. And Judy was one of the models. Well, she put everything into these clothing that she wore, except that she didn't change her, her shoes at all. And <laughs> I told her this last night. It was hilarious. She was absolutely hilarious. She had us all laughing. And it was the most wonderful morning to be free of any worries and just to laugh. Thank you, Jude, for being one of my role models. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on 101.9 High FM. And I'm back with you again, and we were talking about spiritual, finding our own spiritual growth, the spiritual freedom to grow, and our, our human capacity to question, to reflect, to change positively, to actually ask, what is this time asking of, of, of me? To acknowledge that actually we're never free completely of anything, if you think about it, but we are definitely free to choose how we respond. And we're about to go to another very short YouTube by uh, Patakos, Alex Patakos. If you want to hear him on YouTube, he's amazing. Right now on People Jam Experts, some information about the pursuit of happiness. Dr. Alex Patakos, the author of Prisoners of Our Thoughts, tell me, is happiness something someone can really pursue? Very good question, Rob. Uh, Prisons of Our Thoughts, I think the title itself kind of gives us an idea that in many cases happiness is something that is either locked in uh, in our own inner mental prison, if you will, uh, and it's something that uh, we end up constantly pursuing and realizing that it's fleeting. Uh, one of the things that I learned a long time ago is that happiness is not something that you can really pursue. If you really want authentic happiness, uh, happiness needs to ensue from doing something else caring for somebody else, uh, trying to accomplish a deed. Uh, those, are the, those are the areas where true happiness will actually occur. I think an interesting paradox for most human beings is that we're constantly looking for that one thing, that one relationship, that one experience that will bring us true happiness. And ironically, I think most of the People Jam community will recognize real happiness occurs sometimes when you least expect it. Okay, so it's pretty evident that people would say, oh gosh, yeah, you can't find happiness in a thing, you can't find happiness in money. I think those are well-known concepts. 
But what about the group of people that says, okay, but you can put on a happy face, you can choose to be happy. What right. about those folks? Is that a valid approach? Well, I would say there's a distinction between happiness and having a positive attitude. Okay. Victor Frankl, and, and as I describe in Prisoners of Our Thoughts, the first principle of this book is the freedom to choose our attitude. And I think that by having and recognizing that we have that freedom, that that at least puts us in a direction in which we're open to the possibilities. But having a positive attitude doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be happy. I mean, right. if you're incarcerated in a Nazi concentration camp or Senator John McCain was in prison in Vietnam, he wasn't necessarily happy about his situation, but he was able to maintain a positive attitude that enabled him to survive and ultimately even thrive in terms of being an influence on other people. Uh, keep an eye out for other terrific advice from Dr. Alex Patakos here on People Gem. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program, and we, I was just talking about Judy Moritz, but I see a message has come up from Sharon. Um, hang on a sec, I've got to always just turn aside a bit. Definitely be Pollyanna. I think everyone should watch that movie. The positive life affirmations are wonderful. Well, there you are, Sharon. Thanks for that. Um, you know, Victor Frankl uh, said, and, and as Patakos, Alex Patakos said there, we're never free of, of, Whatever's happening, life is never free of hardships. But we've got to acknowledge these and uh, and and realize that it's uh, it's a continuous questioning of life. Why are we here? What can we do about it? What is man? And uh, we have the human capacity to question, to reflect, and to change positively. What is man? What am I? In other words. What is life calling on me? And that is we're back to that demand quality of life. And we do, we, to, in order to live a meaningful existence, we've got to recognize that positives and negatives do coexist. It's like the yin and the yang. And we, we often are, are looking at what's good and what's bad. And I was listening to a YouTube the other day and the one person was saying they really enjoyed the lockdown. They enjoyed spending time with their children, with their husband, just away from the madness, the chaos of the outside world. Whereas someone else said to me that was the worst time of her life in lockdown. She, she thought she was going mad boredom and loneliness even though she was surrounded by family she was still incredibly lonely so to live a meaningful existence we have to look at that uh, triad that that as he talks about the tragic triad and to say okay so i am accountable for my life and suffering in itself is totally meaningless unless we question it and we learn how to live within the suffering. And that is what, when I said my father and my brother both taught me that, they definitely, in their, their dying and in their living, their living knowing that they were dying, they taught me to find the meaning within their unbelievable pain that they were in. And so have so many of my patients. And when uh, when I think about what I have learned most of all from my own work, it is that defiant power of the human spirit which is alive and well and not 
ever put out or squashed. It's the noose, that spirit within us that cannot be harmed. Now, we can also at times what is called de-reflection. And I think this is what COVID actually asked us to do, is to focus away from the problem and into looking at what is being called on of us, what is being asked of us. And right now in the world, again, we are being asked, what, how are we going to respond? If we've got a voice, I say, use it. I was incredibly upset to hear what was happening in Jerusalem with uh, those absolute uh, extremists attacking people in Jerusalem. We will not accept that, and certainly that is not how we as Jews will ever choose to live, with extremists uh, attacking other religions. No, that's not acceptable, and as long as I have a voice, I will definitely say we will not accept that. We will fight against that. And what is ultimate healing? So ultimate healing, again, is to say, let me focus away from the problem and look at what I can do. The awareness of common meanings and values in this unavoidable suffering often. Sometimes we are called upon to bear witness to the unique human potential, which is to turn the suffering into a human, what did Viktor Frankl say? A human achievement, a human accomplishment. He actually said to turn tragedy into a triumph. That is very, very hard, but it's you, when I have seen it myself in so many people that it is possible. I think we need to learn to also laugh more. Collective laughter, as I said, and to remember that collective fear, collective anxiety, collective anger is contagious. And I'm sure most of you have come across that within your own family units or your friends when you've been having a nice time, you're out for lunch or you're out for coffee, chatting away when suddenly someone comes up to you and tells you what they have just seen on the roads uh, of, um, of the whatever was happening outside. They bring it into the restaurant where you're having coffee with a friend and one moment before you were laughing and suddenly there's this heaviness around. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program, and I'm back in the studio with Craig. It's so nice always sitting here with Craig. Somebody asked me last week, what do I enjoy about my work? And I said, I love it. I love being in here. I love sharing this space with Craig and with my guests, and I find it very uplifting. So I was just thinking about what choices should I make? for the upliftment of myself, of the community of others. And that's something we can all ask ourselves. What values and goals do I aspire to? Not 
what someone else aspires to because your goals, your, your, whatever fulfills your soul may, may not fulfill mine. So we need to ask, what goals do I aspire to? What values do I aspire to? What skills and talents do I have? We all have skills. We all have talents. And we can ask, how can I uplift myself and how can I be of service to others? Because being human demands that we respond to our unique tasks that are asked of us. There, uh, I remember reading a thing that said, we are, uh, we are what our parents made us. But if we remain that way, it's our fault. So I think we've got to realize that we have our own personal responsibility. We are accountable for the person we become. And we cannot go into collective blame and say oh, it's because South Africa is as it is. Israel is as it is. United States is as it is. We cannot go into collective blame. We can only look at personal blame. Person who's done nothing wrong has actually failed to do anything right was also uh, something that I saw at the back, right, written at the back of a, a, a car. It was actually written at the back of a taxi that was driving particularly badly, and it said uh, the person who's done nothing wrong has done nothing has has never tried to do anything right. Anyway, so we have to have the courage to stand up for what we believe in, to make choices responsibly. Knowing that we are free to make these choices, to have, we have the responsibility to choose how we react to the world. Man is not doomed. We only have to reach out to others to recognize that we are needed. We are here for a purpose in this time of world history. We are here to share with one another, to care for one another. We have choices to make all the time. Life demands much of us. Thank you so much, Craig, and thank you very much for listening today.